Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the Tuesday Night Comics podcast. 120. All right. I know I've been freaking out about episode numbers a lot lately. 120 really does sound like a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like a normal number that people would be like, whoa, there's yeah. a lot of episodes. Yeah. Not like a good old 118. If you think I'm freaking out about 120, just wait till we get to 125. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Marvel in the 1990s where every issue was an anniversary issue. <laughs> um, so the big thing we're going to talk about this week is Witches, which is the Tuesday night book club pick of the week. Uh, we read Witches Volume 1 by Scott Snyder and Jock. Yes, and, the only volume out there right now. Right. And now has the series continued on past those issues or are they taking like a hiatus and coming back to it? Um, I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything else about it. So like... My guess is they're probably going to do it like seasons of a TV show. So like they'll probably come back to it and do like a, a, a story, another full story that'll be volume two. Gotcha. And if, if you haven't read Witches and you liked Outcast, you need to read Witches because it's definitely in the same vein. Yeah. In some ways, I found it creepier. Oh, interesting. I think I found Outcast to be creepier. Yeah? Yeah. Um, huh. I mean, there maybe it's different ways, but like, like, Outcast seemed creepy in like uh, some ways, but then it also had this like very like I don't know like science fictiony right. type vibe to it, like where there's like there's a secret that you're gonna figure out type thing right. um, that like kind of took away some of the suspense for me. Gotcha. Um, and I don't know if that because like. That's like, you know, maybe like a trope of the genre. It was like, oh, it, it did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not knocking uh, uh, Outcast at all. You know, we both raved about it. Um, and I, I, I still am. I think it's great. But like, there's something to me about this that, because um, it hits so much on like this emotional level. Yeah. Um, and, what I like about both series is that both involve, um, you know, the main character in Outcast, and then like the dad in Witches, each of them is questioning their sanity as the series goes on. Yeah. Which I guess is a trope of like the horror genre when you're dealing with like psychological horror and you don't know um, what's real and what isn't, especially when the people around you don't believe you. Right. And like, um, like how many legitimately crazy people just think they're going through what people in a horror movie are going through? Right. And I, I feel like. You know, I've been reading a lot of Scott Snyder lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, I just finished like the uh, volume two of his Batman. Um, and I, I, obviously I read volume one before that, um, his Swamp Thing. And um, uh, hmm. I guess I feel like I was reading something else. No, but like, maybe that's it. But other than maybe I'm just thinking Witches makes three. Um, and each of these things, he is very much playing off the idea of like, you know, you think, you know, the world you live in, you, you think you understand your reality and you don't. Right. I feel like that's a very Neil Gaiman trope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of Neil Gaiman short stories and his novels are reality just took like a 90 degree turn. Right. What you're dealing with, uh, what you thought was real is no longer than normal. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, Batman thinks he, he knows what Gotham is, but then he, he learns about, you know, uh, the court of owls, the court of owls. Yeah. 
Um, and then, you know, you know, Alex Holland thinks he knows, you know, what it means to be Swamp Thing uh, and what the green is. Right. But he has no idea. You know, um, it's all about people thinking they know things. And, you know, it, it in in this case, it's like he thinks he knows his family. Um, and then you have that, that first reveal about his, you know, his daughter being bullied and how, you know, he couldn't, you know, help her you know, because he wasn't realizing all that stuff, you know, right. part of that was because, due to alcoholism, but like, it was like a very real horror that could happen to anybody. And I, I like that. Like, that was like the first scary thing that, you know, S- Scott Snyder presents us with is something that's very real that could mm-hmm. happen to any parent that like, you don't know what's happening to your child at school. Yeah. Um, and I think now that I am a parent like this, hit me much harder than um, before I was a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like hitting me on a level that I don't think I would have experienced before I had kids. Yeah, that that protection. Um, yeah. Like how are you going to protect your child when you don't know all those things? Yeah, there's um, a great line, I think, in the first issue of Witches. Maybe it might be the second issue where uh, the dad is you know, talking to Uncle Reg and he's like basically saying, oh, it's good you never had kids because it's like taking a vital organ and putting it out there in the world and then having to worry about it. <laughs> like a vital organ, like taking it from your body and then putting it out there in the world without you being able to like protect it 24 hours a day. Right. And uh, yeah. And I think he drives that home and then he, and then he layers then the, the magic and the horror of, you know, this witch tale on top of it, you know, right. um, which, you know, just builds upon that idea um, and, and gets even creepier, you know, like him not knowing the town he lives in, him not understanding, you know, what his family is, you know, yeah. um, and and how he, how what he does to, to you know, save his daughter, you know, right. um, uh, when presented uh, with a similar situation, but the stakes are higher. Um, I, uh, y- you know, I, it's funny, like, I've been getting, like, really, I think I'm I'm anxious for uh, our child to be born. So I've mm. been getting, like, really crazy dreams. And so I was, like, had some crazy, like, Talon dreams. And then, like, I'm, like, I, I, I was reading this book. And it took a little while because, like, in the middle of the night, I'll usually read comics. Like, if right. I can't fall back to sleep right away. Like, if I go downstairs, get Sarah, like, a ginger ale or something, you know, and come back up. Sometimes I'm like, okay, now I'm awake, you know? <laughs> and so, like, it takes, like, a couple pages of a comic to, like, you know, like, just, uh, you know, like, ease the mind back into, like, sleep, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't think I want to read this <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the middle of the night because I feel like I'm going to have horrible dreams. <laughs> yeah. I Like, I, I was having horrible zombie dreams and then slowly realized it's because I was – binge reading uh, The Walking Dead right before I went to sleep. That's funny. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, this and Outcast, like if you're a fan of one, you should definitely check out the other. Yeah. Um, and the Outcast TV show is coming soon. It's going to be, uh, I think June 3rd is the premiere. It's definitely early June. Yeah, it's on a... USA? No. No? I feel like it's on like AMC? Cinemax. Yeah. Oh. I think you're right. I think it is on Cinemax. So I was like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> it is Cinemax. Uh, actually, one of my friends is working on the show, too. Oh, that's right. really cool. Yeah, I found that out this week because I was 
had mentioned witches on Facebook and then said, Oh, if you like this, you should definitely like check out Outcast. And so I was like, Oh, I'm working on that show. And I was like, What? <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. So uh, it was I, I definitely really enjoyed it. Uh Jock's artwork was uh great and, and disturbing. Um, you know, he, he definitely plays with shadows in, you know, that way where um you're not you don't exactly know what's going on sometimes and mm. he uses them to his benefit um and uh, i think that's that's great for uh this book um yeah <laughs> yeah so it definitely witches gets a recommendation i think from both of us yeah totally now, speaking of things we recommend dave what's in your 20 this week oh hold on i haven't even opened my uh my tablet to my twenty. You could ah. you could go first. I gotta I gotta okay. open up to that page. And we're we're a day late on this, but we're still doing April twenty seventh, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, cool. So these are books that you may have picked up at the comic book store today, or if not, um, if you're going this weekend, you should look for these. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Old Man Logan number five, and this is usually a Dave pick. You might be thinking to yourself, Billy, what are you doing? Um, but this past week, I really read, get off my 20. Yeah, I read Secret Wars, Old Man Logan one through four, and then also read Old Man Logan one through four, the follow up series. And I'm, I'm hooked. I'm in. You know, I'm buying this every month now. So did did they uh, did I didn't read the Secret Wars series. Does it uh, move into Old Man Logan Lemire's run uh, yes. nicely or yeah, more so than any other Secret Wars series. Um, it basically ends at the start of Lemire's run with like uh, Logan waking up in Manhattan. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to tie in that greatly. Yeah, no, it, it is definitely like it, it, it. And and he even talks about it when he's talking to Captain America. Like he, he sees like a white light and that's him in battle realm. Like the white light is him leaving battle realm and, or battle world and going into the main Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Old Man Logan is a $4 book for me. And um, then, what, uh, just out of curiosity, what was your favorite uh, of the Lemire run? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I, I've liked all four issues. I think it, I, I might have liked the most recent issue the best just because he goes to Wolverine's grave. And I thought that was a nice emotional piece, though I really like yeah. the Hawkeye issue. I like the way Lemire writes uh, Kate Bishop a lot. Yeah, I like, I like that. And I... You know, I it's funny. I, I I go back to that uh, Jeff Loeb uh, comment when I'm like, you know, he wrote uh, Hush like Batman's greatest hits, and I feel like this is almost like Logan's greatest hits. You know, totally. Like, it's just like the Hulk, but guess what? It's Amadeus Cho, and you know, yeah. uh, Hawkeye. But wait, it's Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop, and like Captain America. Oh yeah, he's 70. old. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's that's been really cool, and like it it adds an extra nice. Uh, an extra twist to all the stories um, and that, you know, um, that yeah. everything's like based in that, like emotional, there's an emotional core to all the stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Next up is uh, justice league number 49 by Jeff Johnson, Jason Fabach. Uh, weird thing, you know, that we're recording this on Wednesday and Wednesday morning, I went on to Comixology. They had all the DC books up except this one. So I was like, wait, is this not actually coming out this week? Uh, there was like some kind of delay with like releasing this comic digitally. I'm not sure why. Oh, really? When did yeah. uh, when but did it's you out go there on? Now. Um, I, I was there around like 6.30. Oh, I think I, I was there around the same time. and I... Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just a glitch on my end. Yeah, because but... I was 
I was uh, eating Cheerios and, you know, <laughs> being like, download, download, download. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's Justice League? And it had Justice League 3001, but it didn't have Justice League. And I was no, that's upset. Um, so that is $8. Then jumping down, uh, Squadron Supreme number six. I'm excited that they're not in Weird World anymore. Yeah. Um, that brings me up to $12. And I really need this issue of Squadron Supreme to sell me because I kind of fell off during the weird weird world bit so um if 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 i keep falling off here this might be the last issue i buy until it's on marvel unlimited well yeah and and i think you know it's running into that problem um where you have these like crazy people you know it's running the same problem when you're bringing the authority characters into the dc universe it's like these are extreme characters and now they're like how do you keep them extreme how do you keep them to the core of the character what people liked about their characters um and not just make them like superman light or batman light or you know any of the i mean and i think there's a little bit of there's a a benefit to this where you have justice league analogs running around the marvel universe Mm -hmm. um where there are where that's something that's like an interesting thing. So there's not another Justice League at running around, you know. Right. Um, so, but anyway, um, that should be. I I agree with you. Like it's it's good, but like as I feel like it has to maintain something, like something that's keeping me at like, what are these guys doing? You know. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be picking up Dark Knight three number four this week because you know me i'm holding out for the hardcover and that doesn't come out for two more weeks right um and i'm not picking up outcast number 18 because it just reads so well in trade that i'm not going to get that so i think my 20 is going to stay at a 12 and that's really like my recommendations for the week wow okay cool well i'm i'm gonna go a little bit over my 20 to 21 oh wait i'm sorry take that back i've got four more dollars to add unbeatable squirrel girl number seven um Squirrel Girl's fighting the very silly Spider-Man villain Swarm, which is a guy who's basically a swarm of bees in human form. Um, it's written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Erica Henderson. I really want to see what they're doing with Swarm here. And that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Um, so like you, uh, Justice League, Squadron Supreme, Old Man Logan. Um, I'm adding three more books, um, all $3, which puts me to 21 so just a little bit over the 20 mm-hmm. Um, um uh, jumping on Black Canary. Um, this is the end of Brendan Fletcher's uh, run, oh. and um, it's gonna. There's gonna be like a couple like um, fill-in issues before we get to Rebirth. Um, Secret Six number thirteen. Um, this uh, I started this arc um, this week um, in the the recently reduced Secret Six mm. number eleven. And it's all about Strix, um, the uh, Court of Owls character that was introduced in Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Right. Um, and man, is she um, she's she's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, and this and Gail Simone, who created the character, is uh, you know writing her so well. And uh, um, yeah, I'm just I'm really uh, I'm really into. Uh, into this book, into the Strix character. She's very, very interesting. And uh, the League of Assassins is, is coming after her. Interesting. Um, so, 
and and Batgirl uh, came to to warn her. So um, uh, after that, I'm jumping over to Omega Man number eleven uh, by Tom King and uh, Barnaby Beg- Begenda. Um, also three dollars. Um, and uh, this is the penultimate issue of Omega Men. They're rounding this series out at 12. Um, and it looks like uh, Kyle Rayner has his uh, Green Lantern ring back. And we are going to see uh, a big finale here. So mm. I'm, I'm super into that. So, yeah. Nice. That's, that's funny. And what else did you uh, read this week? Well, um, I read All New Hawkeye from... Uh, last week, which was actually, you know, I was like, I don't know, the series is kind of like, you know, I don't like the least of my Jeff Lemire favorite books. Like it's kind of gone down and it was the last of the series uh, Mm. by him and uh, Ramon Perez. And it was the perfect end for the series. And it ended on such a high note that I was like, no, wait, I want more. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that series has ended. Um, but you know, he's also writing extraordinary X-Men, old man, Logan and Moon Knight. So I'm sure like three books is, might be his limit there. Yeah, oh, totally. and, and he's writing, uh, uh, whatchamacallit for, uh, Valiant. Um, oh, uh, Bloodshot. Yes. Um, so yeah. So, um, but I also read his extraordinary X-Men, um, by uh, with art by Humberto Ramos, and it picks off where the last issue left off uh, in this apocalypse story. So it's not like running through all the books. Um, and it was really cool because uh, at the end of number eight, uh, the kids uh, in Xavier's uh, uh, school, mm-hmm. there's like uh, four of them there, they um, get transported into the future. And then the X-Men go to the future to save them. And at the end of issue eight, they get there to save them. And all the kids are adults. Gotcha. And um, so this kind of like sums up what they've been doing for like the past like 10 years. Well, I love the, uh, the line from Old Man Logan number three when uh, Logan is shocked that Kate Bishop believes his story. And she's like, well, you, everyone knows you X-Men are always traveling through time. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Uh, and I also picked up Dr. Fate number 11 by Paul Levitz and Sonny Liu. Um, it was, it was a pretty good story. Um, I'm not really feeling this Julius Caesar as a villain ghost thing. Uh, but you know, the art, what's that? Caesar's ghost. Uh, There was a joke about that. There's also a, a jab at Trump in there, which, you know, a couple things that, you know, uh, elevated the book a little bit for me. I was like, yeah, that's kind of nice. Um, so yeah, so those were the new books I read. Um, like I said, I read secret six Eleven, um, uh, which was recently reduced. And I also picked up Superman American alien number four by Max Landis. Um, yeah. You, Jay praised, you praised Jay Lee's art in this so much to me, um, during the week that I, I meant to read this and I didn't get a chance to. Um, yeah. Like the opening, uh, page, you know, his, his brushwork is like so much looser and it it's just felt how, like and it's amazing how his art keeps evolving. Yeah. It just felt like, uh, you know, an, an evolution in his style. Um, it was bright. Um, and I always, uh, 
think of his work as pretty dark, but this was a bright book and, you know, he, he really matched it with his, his ink work very well. And I, I just, I, I really was, uh, I really loved, you know, all the art. Um, mm. the, the story was pretty good. Um, uh, Landis does some pretty great stuff with like this first pseudo meeting between, uh, Superman, Batman and Robin. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's like a, it's a decent story, but like, I think there's something where like, uh, he does all this like cute foreshadowing. Mm. Um, and you know, you're like, uh, and it just becomes silly at a point. Um, and there's something there that like Jeff Johns does foreshadowing in like his uh, Birthright series. Is it Birthright? No, he didn't do Birthright. Uh, Secret Origin. Superman Secret Origin. And there's a lot, of, a lot of things where you're like, oh, that's how you... And then like that give me like just chills. I'm like, yeah, you you get this. Mm-hmm. And then and in here it just becomes like too much like... It just feels like the writer is saying like I'm clever. <laughs> like too much of a wink and a nod. Yeah, like, you know, there's a scene where Lex is like, you know, everybody runs around like they have an S on their chests that stands for special. (laughs) And, like, it's like, all right. Like, you know, like, um, so a lot of it just becomes, you know, so that stuff bothers me. And the stuff where, like, you know, all these people have met each other, you know, before they become heroes and, you know, Un, un, unbeknownst to them that you know Bruce Wayne is Batman and Oliver <laughs> Queen is Green Arrow and and then he meets Robin and uh, Dick Grayson and and he's Robin and he's gonna be Superman and you know you know there's all these things where like oh my God he met all these people beforehand and it's unbelievable and then at a certain point you're like yeah it is unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> That's um, really you know at uh and I know like you you know you could say like well you know like you can't believe that, but you could believe, you know, Superman can fly, you know, but like there's, there's interesting like rules to, um, you know, your science fiction and your fantasy where you say like, okay, I'll give you that Superman could do all these crazy powers, but like, don't write a story where everything seems like it's a wink and a nod coincidence. You know, Uh, I, I won't believe that. So there's there's certain things that like um, readers will will give you, and I think like he like really toes the line, if not crosses, where um, there's like that believable thing, um, and and it's that same thing that I have that problem with like Gotham too, where you're like, and you get Mister Freeze was there, and and Catwoman, and you know like it just gets silly. Anyway, uh, I also read a bunch of collections. I've been doing this Batman. Uh, read for the oh, nice. past month. So um, I read Kyle Higgins, um, and I talked about that. I read like uh, Batman Volume One and Nightwing Volume One from the New Fifty Two, right. um, and both of those like they work so nicely hand in hand together. Um, and I I I also read uh, Animal Man Volume One and Swamp Thing Volume One. And they work so nicely hand in hand. So Scott Snyder worked so well with Jeff Lemire on this stuff. Like, like, and they're just like companion books. And I feel like Nightwing and Batman, right, were were such companion books. And then I was like, oh man. And I, I so I love that that Nightwing 
uh, book by Kyle Higgins, and I really liked his uh, image book. Um, Cal? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to pick up the Deathstroke that was happening at the same time. I wonder if it loosely ties in. If not, it's, you know, really, uh, you know, I'll probably like it. And uh, Joe Benet, um, or Bennett rather, um, uh, does the art on it. And it just was uh, pretty, it was disappointing. That's too um, it, it didn't read like the other two Higgins books I read. Um, it seemed um, just a little bit more like trying to be badass. Gotcha. Um, in some ways, it read a little closer to Cal. And I wish it, it read more like Cal. I uh-huh. mean, I feel like, you know, it could have been a smart book. And I feel like in some ways, like he was trying to push it that way. But, in, you know, like a, a smart, like, espionage book. Um, and I wonder, because this was the Deathstroke that debuted at the start of the New 52, right? Yeah. I wonder if there was, like, editorial interference in there. I, I was wondering, because I felt, like, hints of that. And then I was like, I wonder if they're like, but more more badass, more explosions. Yeah. You know, I don't, and so I don't know. Or, or it could have just been his, you know, own writing where he, like, felt like that. That's what the character needed. So right. who knows? But in, in any case, I just thought it was like an okay book. Um, so I think it's it's kind of passable. Um, I also read the first two Batwoman volumes of the New 52, which pretty much picks up from where Greg Rucka uh, left off oh, uh, totally. pre-Flashpoint. Um, gorgeous art in that first volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, great stuff with like uh, Flamebird or, yeah, Flamebird, yeah. And... Um, uh, more of the stuff about, you know, the relationship between her and, and her father, uh, Batwoman and her father, and uh, Batwoman and um, oh, Inspector Sawyer, um, her love interest. They also introduced the DEO and uh, uh, Agent Chase, which is, they fit perfectly into that world. Uh, volume two, they change artists to Amy Reader, and it's a little bit jarring because she's got much more of a cartoony style. Yeah, um, but it's still a great read. Um, it, but it, it like kind of threw me off and that volume was like a good story, but like they broke it up like in a really weird way, like, uh, like a memento way. And, you know, it was, it, I felt like it didn't do the, the story a service. It just kind of made it a little bit more like confusing, you know, like, um, there wasn't a need for it. I didn't feel, right. you know, um, but um, I also read, you know, volume two, uh, the the City of Owls, uh, by uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, oh, with backups by Raphael Albuquerque, and uh, really creepy. Like I said, I I had like some really weird dreams about uh, talons <laughs> and stuff, and um, I also read like the tie-in issues, which were collected as Batman Night of the Owls. Um, right. And they were pretty good. There's, you know, the issues that I didn't like, I, you know, uh, I wasn't surprised that I didn't care for them as much, you know. Um, and you could probably guess which ones by the creators that are, you know, lined up in this book. Um, but I thought it was very interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna go in. Did you read? You read this, right? Yeah. So um, there's two things that happened in this book that, like, I found really interesting. Um, and, you know, it's more of uh, Scott Snyder playing with uh, people's reality, you know, um, and their their concept of reality, you know, um, 
much like, you know, Batman doesn't realize, you know, um, that, you know, the city is something completely different than he thought it was. And at the same time, um, now you have uh, Mr. Freeze, and he, he adds this extra layer, which is pretty neat, onto Mr. Freeze, where he, he does pretty much the uh, animated series um, origin mm-hmm. of Mr. Freeze. And then on the top, on, he layers on top of that that, you know, this woman that he thinks is his wife, he's just delusional. And it's this, like, uh, woman who's, like, you know, years and years and years and years, like, you know, his, his elder, like, he could be his grandmother, um, who um, was cryogenically frozen um, way before his time, and they were never married, and he's just insane. Um, and uh, I thought that was, like, a pretty neat extra. I like the addition to that because it kind of, you know, took away uh, some of the jerkiness of uh, Bruce Wayne and that that origin, and it made Freeze even creepier. But he kind of does the same thing with... Um, at the end of the book with um, uh, the the Thomas Wayne Jr. character. Oh, yeah, totally. So, you know, here again, you know, this is a character who says he's, you know, Thomas Wayne Jr., he's Batman's younger brother, or Bruce's younger brother, and, you know, he was just left, and this is his revenge. And, you know, all accounts say that this guy's just, uh, you know, messed up in the head and he is um, thinking of Martha Wayne as a mother figure, even though she wasn't his mother. Um, and so that was, I thought that was interesting. It, it, it provided like a, a pretty cool ending um, as far as like uh, the backups and, and how that tied in together. And I really like that. I, I wish I, there would have been a, a more of a, a, a formal, conclusion with the court of owls other than that like you know like batman confronting them a little more um but you know they're left out there for other people to use so um but all in all a really good good series you know yeah i actually did not like the mr freeze thing i because i i really loved mr freeze's origin you know with the whole like frozen wife thing and um i i felt like that that story took away from mr freeze i could see that yeah I mean, I like that, like, it didn't take away from Batman. Gotcha. Um, but I could see that, like, you know, much like uh, Poison Ivy, um, now, you, you know, who could be a sympathetic villain, you know. Uh, I think Mr. Freeze really could be with that animated series uh, thing. You know, like, he's just, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. Right. But he's just, you know, he's making all the wrong moves. Yeah, and, I, uh, I really like the origin they gave him in the animated series. And that has carried over into, like, video games, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I went Secret Wars heavy in Marvel Unlimited because they've recently added the fifth issue of uh, a lot of series, which is, like, the last issue, um, which was good because, like, some series I didn't want to read one and have to wait another month to read another one. I just wanted to read them all in one shot. Uh, mm-hmm. so I went through Old Man Logan, which I loved so much, I kept reading the new series. And then I also read A-Force, which has continued into a new series, but I only read the limited series. 
And I also read Modoc Assassin, one through five. Um, all are on Marvel Unlimited, all are great. Modoc Assassin I found very funny because uh, it's basically this this one um, part of Battle World where the villains have won and they just go around killing each other. And it's just the Assassin's Guild. And it's all told from Modoc's point of view, but it's done in a humorous way because he falls in love with Angela, who is one of the Thors and falls to earth and, and, and Killville and he has to protect her. But it's just funny because he, uh, he kind of talks like Sheldon from uh, Big Bang Theory. And every now and again, it's almost like actually if they voice this, I think it would be voiced by Dave Coulier doing his, uh, you know what, like when, he, uh, when Full House used to be on, he would do his like woodchuck thing and he'd be like, do you have any wood? Um, yeah. His voice is kind of like that. He's like, I just want to kill. And like there would be one word in a sentence that would be in between brackets. And I just pictured Dave Coulier doing his, his woodchuck voice, which is probably a strange comparison for Modoc. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's, that's, that's interesting, though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty short episode this week, but I think we packed a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's not, it, it's still a Tuesday night comics podcast, even though it's coming to you on Wednesday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And Dave, what week are you at? It's term as a pregnancy. Like, uh, well, uh, Tuesday night, um, is going to be the full 40. Oh my goodness. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. So there might well, there most likely will not be an episode next week because I feel like Dave might have a kid by then. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Okay, well, seems we'll like see. seems and like it, he's just like just waiting it out. Who's gonna be like you know? Gotcha. Well, either way, finger crossed, everything goes well. Yes, yes. So um, whenever we meet again, uh, I was thinking maybe Preacher Volume One. Um, Preacher Volume One. That sounds great, especially with Outcast and Witches. I, I was recommending Outcast two people who I knew liked Preacher, and I was recommending witches to people who I knew liked Outcast. So this this will be a nice full circle, especially with the TV series coming around too. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you see that cover that um, Steve Dillon did? No, I didn't. So he he did a new cover for Preacher number one. That um, So it's like the Preacher number one cover. Okay. Um, and But he he did it with all the actors' faces in it. Oh, interesting. Does that makes sense. So, like he, and so like Jesse uh, Cust, uh, Custer um, is the is the looks like the actor, not like how he drew him in the comic. Gotcha. Oh, you know, I, yeah, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, amazingly, the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I just found it. That does look really cool. And yeah, especially because Tulip looks so different. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jesse Coster looks the most the same out of the three of them. Tulip definitely looks the most different. Huh. Interesting. All right. So I think that's going to bring this to a wrap. Uh, everybody have an awesome Tuesday night and pull for Dave and his wife because, uh, by we're next... going to be pushing. Well, one of <laughs> well, us shall be pushing. Uh, by next Tuesday, these guys might be parents. Yeah. That'll be a really awesome Tuesday night. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody.